administered by Desert Pines High School. Hosted by Philip Adetan. KJAG Radio presents to you Jag in the Dark. episode of Jag in the Dark. This is the second episode of the season. We have some good stories today. Very immersive ones. From the end of the world to skinwalkers. Tonight you will be down for a fright. Let's not hold up the show though and let's just get started hopping into our first story of the night. Written by Josh J444. Emergency alert. Do not look outside of your windows. By Josh J444. Emergency alert. Warning. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. Citizens of the world, lock all doors. Close all of your blinds. Do not go near any windows. Do not look outside. Do not leave your house. Stay in a room with no windows. Gather what supplies you can. Turn all of the lights off. Do not open the door for anything. When I first heard it, it didn't even sound real. It sounded fake, like something in a horror movie. But it was an emergency, so I decided I probably should do what they tell me. I grabbed a flashlight, pillow, my charger, food, and basic other stuff to keep me entertained while this stuff happened. I had no idea what was going on, but once I got into my bathroom and got comfy, I texted my parents asking them if they got the alert. They also did. They said, citizens of the world, did they actually broadcast that to the world? I texted an internet friend that lives across the world. They said they got it too. Same exact message. And to be honest, it's kind of scary. They tell you what to do, but not what's going on. People are scared of that. 20 minutes later. Emergency alert. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. Unknown creatures have been knocking on people's door and have been taking them. There's five major hotspots. Washington, D.C., Tokyo, Toronto, Moscow, and London. They've been located all around it seems as if they are attacking those first. This is an invasion. Stay in your rooms. Do not open any doors. Do not look outside. They can take you instantly with just a look. May God help us all. Emergency nuke sirens are going off. Tornado sirens are going off. What is going on? Is this a prank? How can an invasion be real? Are aliens real? How can I even comprehend that? I heard car alarms going off. I hear things being destroyed. They're here. They're taking. It sounds like a war zone out there, but without any guns. What can the government do? Just fight them? But 
that would go missing looking at them. There's no possible way we could ever survive this. You're going to be missing. I text my parents, but no answer. I text my brother and sister, no answer. I start to panic now. But my family is gone. And all I can do is listen to other people's families getting taken. The nuke sirens have started again, and they are very loud, shaking my whole apartment. I wonder what the other people in my building are thinking. Probably like me. This is it. This is the end of the world. Everyone on this planet is going to be taken. I hear a knock at my door. I don't answer it. I hear someone screaming for me to open it. I mean, it sounded human. Should I open it? No. That would be stupid. Emergency alert. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The extraterrestrials are attacking every major city in the world. There is a lot of them. We have not found out what they want. Stay inside. Millions, if not billions, are missing. Stay inside. It's as if the government has given up now. There's no way to fight and these messages are less helpful each time they come on. If billions are missing, I don't know how to survive this. I mean, I have so far, but it doesn't sound like for long. I hear buildings being destroyed. I hear cars being destroyed. My building has been hit a few times. I'm hearing my world crumble before me. At this point, there's no reason to hope anymore. There's so many going missing, and there's so much chaos. They're going to take everyone. I would love to know what one of these things look like, but if I see them, I'm gone. I hope someone takes a picture, and, and if we do survive, I want to see it. I want to see what's taking us. But the end is nowhere near, and I don't even know how many people we have left. Should I just... Maybe I should just, before they get me, I don't want to be taken by those things. Plus, what if I do survive and get survival's guilt? Then there's no way I... Emergency alert. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The extraterrestrial have left and left billions of people missing. If you are alive, Please tap the button on your phone now. If on a radio, tune to 104 and state your name and city. We will update you in 20 minutes. There's no way I would want to be here. That's what I was going to say. And yet somehow I'm actually alive. Do I want to be taken now? No. But how many people are alive? What did these things want? Why did they attack us? There are too many questions to even ask right now. At this point, all we can do is try to figure out some numbers and restart society. How can a world like ours recover from something like this? How long until society is normal again? Will humanity ever be the same? I don't know. What I do know is that I could have lost everything. I'll text my friends and family and come back with some numbers. Emergency alert. This is not a test. I repeat, 
this is not a test. We have reported a little over 1 billion people accounted for. Not every country has the technology, so we will investigate those countries in the coming months. We do not understand what these creatures wanted, nor what they have taken. In the next month or two, we will be figuring out the next steps for humanity. May God help us all. Only three people I know survived. My sister, my uncle, and my best friend. Everyone else is gone. I just wanna... But at the same time, humanity needs me. We need each other to continue human life. Only time will tell what to do next. If there is anything next. That was a pretty scary story. Um, that specific one, like I said, was written by Josh J. Four Four Four, and I'd like to mention that most of my stories, if not written by me, they usually come from Reddit, from the uh, subreddit R slash Scary Stories. If you ever feel like just reading some pretty scary original stories that you've never seen, definitely go check out reddit it's a great place to um shake your boots a little bit but now we move on to another story where it's pretty much skinwalkers um the, actually the last two stories will be skinwalker stories depending on how you view them and how you picture the monsters but let's just get into the next one Skinwalker Who Haunts Me by Renaissance Scientist The year was 2008. I was down on my luck after I found myself on the receiving end of a company layoff due to the recession. For the first time in eight years, I was helplessly lost. I'm a 26-year-old man who moved to Phoenix with the promises of becoming a household name in the real estate business was now a shell of his former self. Unemployed, not married, only a two-bedroom condo and a 1995 Toyota pickup truck to show for all my hard work. My dad had run out on my mom and I back when I was six, so I had very few memories of him. My mom, now consumed by an alcohol-triggered early onset of Alzheimer's, was really the only family I had left and hardly someone I could lean on if I had times of trouble. Growing up, I had a proclivity towards the literature of Jack London and Hemingway relating to them through their stories of men who had no home to which they could point their compass. I spent the next year working jobs from restaurants and bars to ranch hand. All the while, I was saving as much as I could for my escape to free living. This is where the second chapter of my life would begin. I found buyers for my condo and car. I figured they would only tie me down and I could use the money for more essential items. I scored Craigslist for supplies, buying a tent, sleeping bag, and other necessities like a buck knife and small camping equipment. I finally took the plunge and became a vagabond in December of 2009. From Phoenix, I set off north to Sedona. I hitchhiked my way up to 17, a bit off track pulling into the pacing. 
My companion was a trucker running late for his delivery. We arrived early the next morning, around 6 a.m. at a rest stop. I thanked my friend for the lift, setting off on foot onto the trails heading north to Sedona. The day was the first of many where I could say I truly felt at peace. That crisp mountain air combined with the scent of pine and spruce calls you back and makes you wonder what it was like for the pioneers first discovering the West. That night was particularly cold. Temperatures dipping below 20 degrees. That whole night, I contemplated my decision to go rogue at the ripe age of 31. I also discovered that some things in Arizona wilderness just don't make sense to people living in modern society. That night, time moved slower than usual, each minute seemingly taking hours, and the perception of reality became foggy, as if I had already forgotten what it was like to sleep in a warm bed, enclosed by walls. All night, I heard every twig crack, leaf rustle, and each beat of my heart. I woke the next morning to a cold breeze, instantly realizing the rain guard of my tent blown off. I located it, caught on the branch of a fallen tree branch about 50 feet from where I set up camp. Going over to retrieve it, I noticed human footprints in the soft earth. They weren't boot prints or resembling any footwear, rather whoever made them was completely barefoot. I was in the middle of going back to where I walked the previous day into the campsite. Knowing full well, I never took my boots off until I got into my tent when I remembered how cold it had gotten that night. Nobody could survive such a cold night without some type of protection from the elements, and I was left wondering what or who could have left these. Over the next three days, I continued north, following a map and sticking with a reasonable distance of the freeway to use as a bearing. The second night, I treated myself to a can of SpaghettiOs next to a warm fire and settled in for the night. Sometime around 1 a.m., I woke up to the sound of footsteps Something was moving slowly as if it was trying to avoid detection. I sat there for a minute, wondering what or who it was and what my next course of action would be. I'd surely die without my shelter, food, and water, but every instinct was telling me to run. My fire was nearly dead, only glowing embers remaining, and I heard the sound of crackling logs and the glow of a glowing fire. I was paralyzed by fear, and after an hour of sitting there dead quiet, I found myself uncontrollably drifting off. The next morning I found all of my gear completely untouched with the fire still going. A calming wave came over me because I figured it was another wary traveler, less fortunate than I to have a tent and sleeping bag. That was of course until I noticed the footprints. They were the same distinct barefoot tracks I had seen the previous day, 20 miles from where I had been. I quickly packed up and left a can of beans in the hopes that whoever was following me would recognize the kind gesture and leave me unharmed. Making my way back to the road, I caught a lift to Sedona, where I treated myself to some tacos and a cheap drink. I splurged and bought a cheap motel room to take a shower and feel human again, if even only for a while. I spent the next month exploring the local wilderness and getting a better lay of the land, picking up valuable information from fellow vagabonds who were more experienced. One night, I woke to the same sound I heard back in Payson. Checking the time, I felt my heart sink realizing it was 1 a.m. This time, however, there was no tending to the fire or an unexplained comfort. I found myself wrapped up in my tent being drugged across the cold, rocky ground. Whoever or whatever was dragging me had removed the stakes holding down my tent and had wrapped the material around me in such a way that made it difficult to remove my arms. I knew I had to act quick, remembering something I'd read about years ago about escaping from being tied up. 
I tensed and wiggled my arms enough to get some room to reach my knife in my pocket. From there, I was able to cut the material constricting the body and eventually plunging the knife through the bottom of my tent, allowing me to fall out of my future body bag. I didn't look at who had taken me, running as fast as possible back towards the glow of my fire. I sat there for a minute, listening for anything that resembled footsteps. Quickly packing up my gear, I noticed prints in the dirt in the direction which I was being dragged. This was time. The only prints I saw were hoof prints. Not those made by a horse or a cow, but more resembling a goat. I decided to stand my ground until dawn, and let me tell you, it was the worst night I ever had. It's been years since this encounter, and I'm still on the trails, taking seasonal jobs in Northern California. I spend most of my nights at a local campground within an earshot of other weary eye travelers like myself. Most evenings we sit and talk about our lives and what led us to abandon normal society. I've gotten to know basically the whole community and really appreciate having neighbors for the first time in a while. I'll be moving soon though, because every morning surrounding my tent are the footprints of a barefoot person. My fire always still seems to be lit. I'm not particularly superstitious, but whatever is following me seems to take a skin of a human walking barefoot. Once again, that story was written by a renaissance scientist. Um, that one is a pretty recent story posted to, sub to the subreddit Scary Stories, which was four days ago. Um, and just for those who are curious, skinwalkers um, are a Native American legend who, where they gained more popularity by author Tony Hillerman. It's supposed to be a person with the supernatural ability to turn into any animal and walks on all fours. They're usually very long and they originate from the Navajo culture. Uh, Skinwalker's supposed weakness is to call them by their real name, which is supposed to weaken them and slowly deteriorate them uh, over time, like over the course of several days. In modern day, it seems like skinwalkers have really uh, blown up in popularity. People are even basing games and movies around them, which is pretty interesting. And like I said, you can determine these monsters however you want. For example, they could even be um, viewed as Wendigo in the story. Um, even though it is yes in the title, but this next one, it could def this next story definitely could apply to Wendigo. Um, and for those that don't know, Wendigo are similar. They're folklore from First Nations, based in and around the East Coast forest of Canada and the Great Plains region of the United States. Uh, and for those curious, the way to protect yourself from a Wendigo. Um, is different instead of calling it by their name. Um, they can be weakened by a protective circle of Anasazi symbols, which keep them at bay. However, burning them is the only known way to effectively get rid of one. Um, but similar to the, um, the skinwalkers, they can be injured by silver. Um, so like when we refer to silver, it's usually by like by arrows and bows. And like the Skinwalkers, the Wendigo have also blown up in popularity as well in modern day, um, having also movies and games 
about them. For example, the most popular outreach they've had is by a game called Until Dawn, which focuses on the Wendigo. So, with the two in mind, um, definitely try to paint an image of what you think a Wendigo would look like, being skinny, elongated, walking on all fours, terrifying creatures, and see where your mind takes you on this next story. This story is by Blondie Trucker 97 I've been a truck driver for a few months. I've seen some weird things. When I first took this job to be an over-the-road trucker, I thought it would be really exciting. I thought I'd get to travel the country and see the sights and come home with stories to tell my friends and family. I was right. This job is exciting. But I soon found that I'm better off not sharing these stories with anyone close to me. Not because I don't trust them, because I'm worried they wouldn't believe me. Let me back up. My name is Brittany. I'm 22 years old, and I've been driving with a rather large company for a few months now that I won't name, due to obvious reasons. Ever since my training ended and I got my own truck to start solo, I've seen some pretty weird stuff. When you're driving the loneliest road in America, yes, that's its real name, in the middle of nowhere, Nevada, things can start to get to you. I suppose it was only a matter of time before I saw something out in the desert at nearly midnight. I still had another hour to the nearest truck stop, and blasting the freezing cold air against my face was all I could do to keep myself from dozing off at the wheel. Irresponsible, I know, but until you work this job, you don't understand how much lax comes with it. I was driving this highway in the desert in the pitch blackness of a cold summer night. And suddenly, something runs out in the road in front of me. Before I can even react, it's gone across the other side into the bushes. I barely got a good look at it, but I could have sworn it looked like a large white dog, faster than any dog I've ever seen. I just tried to ignore it and keep driving. I see animals crossing the road at night all the time. It didn't seem like anything to get worked up about. Not even a minute later, I feel my truck lurch to the left and into another lane. I quickly try to swerve and correct it, and easily step on the brakes so I don't wreck. It can be easy to jackknife an 80,000 pound metal death machine. I slow it down and regain control. I look for the nearest pullover spot so I can see what just hit my rig, and if there's any damage. Once I find a spot and turn off, hit my brakes and hop out, I walk around to the other side and see a large dent in the side of my trailer. What in the world? I say to myself as I walk over to inspect the side of the trailer. It's a huge dent, at least five feet wide and tall. No real shape to it, just a general dent. Can't imagine what could have hit me. My first thought was maybe a boulder rolled down from the side of the hill and smashed into me, but I didn't think I was driving next to any hills or mountains. As far as I know, it was a flat desert. I hear the sound of dirt crunching under footfall behind me and I turn around. My breath catches in my throat and my stomach drops as I see something not 50 feet away from me. It's large, menacing, and white. I can't even find the words to describe what this, this thing looked like. It looked like a very large dog, and that's a stretch. 
It stood on two short, stout legs with long forearms reaching down past its knees. Its shoulders were broad and heaving, as if it had just ran a marathon. Its head was mostly shaped like a wolf, with a large snout filled with razor-sharp teeth, bared in a snarl, saliva dripping from its maw. Its jet-black eyes bore right through me, filled with hatred and hunger. I couldn't move. I was frozen in place. This creature stood between me and my only salvation, my truck. We stared at one another for a moment until I broke the silence. You are ugly, I said. It snarled at me. Then, very unexpectedly, it turned and walked away slowly, using all four of its limbs, receding into the bush and into the night. I stood there for several minutes, wondering if it would jump out and feed on my flesh at any moment. It never came back. I ran around the front of my truck and jumped inside, locking the door quickly and flooring it as fast as you can floor an 18-wheeler, which is not at all. Soon as I was back on the highway and barreling down it as if my life depended on it. For a while, it felt like it did. Within an hour, I found myself at the truck stop and shut down for the night. Sleep was difficult that night. I was certain every noise I heard was that creature returning. Luckily, the night went on without another incident. I have more stories to tell. This is getting long. So I think I'll stop here. Remember guys, be careful out there on the road. You never know what else is out there with you. Before we wrap things up, I'd like to take the time to appreciate all of these submissions on the subreddit Scary Stories on Reddit. Um, Blondie Trucker 97 with the truck driver for a few months, the Skinwalker Who Haunts Me by Renaissance Scientist, and Emergency Alert by Josh J444. Um, Blondie Trucker's story came out one year ago, and it was one of the most uploaded stories on the subreddit, which we see why it's a very chilling and spooky story. As for the other Skinwalker slash Wendigo, depending on how you viewed it, um, by Renaissance Scientist, the Skinwalker Who Haunts Me. That one was pretty recent, actually. Posted four days ago. And already has 39 upvotes. Um, and it, that's, it's a great story. You can see why. It is very, very chilling. Especially the part, the, um, the tent being dragged out. Really... That gave me chills reading it. Um, and as for our first story by Josh J. 444, that one was posted nearly a year ago, 325 days ago to, speak, to be exact. And that one has 733 upvotes. So definitely one of the more, if not most, um, upvoted uh, story posted on the subreddit. But... Um, it was great reading these submissions. We came out submissions, but stories on Reddit. And we will see what else the subreddit brings us. This is your host, Philip Aditan. Thank you for joining me on our sec- second episode of Dragon in the Dark. Um, it has been a great first two episodes. And we will see what happens next on the future of this show. Um, 
I'll be trying to work on more things, but until then, it has been Dragon Dark. Sleep well, everybody. Jack in the dark.